Our text is Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. You may want to put a bulletin or ribbon or something in Luke chapter 16 because we'll be going there as well. I'll be starting a series of messages this morning on how are people tormented eternally. And people without, that die without Christ will be. And the Bible does have things to say about it. Sometimes it's just overlooked because we just say, well, hell, and that's it. But there, oh, there's other things that go along with that. I just want to say, too, is that song just reminded me I was over in Israel. One time I was in Israel. I was down there uh, by the Dead Sea going in there to En Gedi. And I can remember us leading our group uh, up a pathway back to the waterfalls. And I think you remember that. But there was a little boy there just ahead of us uh, with, with his parents. They, I would say just about from here to that pew or maybe second or third pew from me. And, and as I, I heard the little boy, he looked at us and saw, and of course I was leading the line, so he said, there's a big ugly monster coming at me, you know. And that little guy, could pro probably was about four or five years old, turned around and put his hand on his daddy real quick. His daddy was there talking to someone, and he said, Abba. And his daddy just put his arm around him, and that boy was safe. And he, you could see the peace coming over that daddy would keep me from that big, ugly man. And that group following behind him. But, oh, you know what? Abba, Father. You know, that's, that's, that's the one that we're looking forward to uh, being. And he's right now the one that we can also say Abba to him. Okay, our text is Revelation chapter 9. And verse 1 through 11, and actually every message I preach in this series, that's the way we're going to start, although it'll probably not be till the end of the series that we really look at verses 1 through 11. But I want to build up to that, and everything should build towards that. And the fifth angel sounded, this is the trumpet judgments, and the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall, fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. And shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were as it were crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. 
And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle. And they had tails likened to scorpions. And there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. Now, I try to emphasize as it were, likened unto, and so forth. Those are words that are symbolic. Meaning, they weren't literal this or literal that. It wasn't literal horses. But the idea is that the fear and the other things that would be, that would, you'd associate with that are there. And it's giving us a peak during the tribulation period. This is happening during the tribulation hour. Where God in his great grace and mercy is trying to show the people of the earth at that day just some of the torment of hell. And so as we go into this message today, I want us as Christians to understand that when we witness, we are definitely trying to rescue the perishing as much as somebody would throw a life preserver to someone that has fallen overboard from a ship in the middle of the ocean and they cannot swim. Because nobody can swim their way out of hell and they need to be saved before they go there. And we have a responsibility. Let's pray. Father, I pray as we look into your word today that you'd make it clear, understandable to everyone throughout this entire series. I pray that we would grasp the very truths of it as it is written in your word in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> People today have signs in their yards that say faith over fear. As a matter of fact, we have one in our yard. It deals with the, uh, all the things that are involved today with COVID-19, it seems. A lot of people are scared. That's all you hear 24-7 on the news and everywhere else. And people are scared. Others go to perhaps an extreme opposite of that, of being just scornful of all of it. Most of us just don't know. Now, I believe the Bible, it is preserved. Preserved, that means that not one bit of it from its original writing has ever passed away. Okay. It is preserved uh, for us today, rightly, and it is best translated from what is called the Textus Receptus in the Masoretic text in Hebrew, Textus Receptus in Greek into our 1611 King James Version of the Bible. Now, there are other English versions, but they don't use these texts. That's why many words are wrong, and they can mislead you so quickly. For an example, the ones who came up with these new texts said there was nothing in it, nothing in this text that was any doctrinal value. Well, we received forgiveness of sins through the blood, through the blood was removed. I think that's important. Matthew 18, 11 says, The Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. That's left out. I think that's important. 
So yes, if you don't have a King James Bible, 1611 version, I would say get it. Get it. And you say, well, you know, I, don't, I have a hard time understanding these and thou's and hast. Believe me, you read it enough, God will show it to you. But also I found that um, that wasn't the problem. I've read that Bible since 1974 through every year. And I've read it long before that, but through, since 1974, at least once every year, and sometimes two and three times a year. And I still don't understand it all. That's why I've got to pray every time I read the Bible, Lord, help me to understand. Open my understanding. Help me with it. I need to know, and it's thy spirit that must teach me if I'm going to understand. So we have the Bible. And when it speaks of hell and torment, believe it. It's real. It is very real. There will be no doubt as one sees the teaching of the eternal lake of fire that is yet to come for those who are still in hell, for those who die without Christ. You see, first is hell if you die without Christ. It's bad. But the eternal lake of fire into which hell is also cast will even be worse. And so, the torments, those torments that come in that place that is hell right now, as bad as they are, it'll get worse. But it seems today that people die with a less fear of hell than they do of COVID-19 they will realize they should have uh, feared this eternal fire and listened to that hellfire and brimstone preacher that was preaching the word of God, giving a gospel presentation to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Look, they made fun of Noah in Noah's day, but guess who all wanted on the boat? Every one of them, but they didn't get on. Oh, they could, they could talk to you now. They would warn you. So with the gospel presentation to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you better take heed because only through Jesus can you escape the eternal torments of that place. Learn to believe the Bible much more than you do the experts telling you about COVID-19. I'm not playing, downplaying COVID-19. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, I would believe more what the Bible says about hell because that is more dangerous to a person without Christ, even to the Christian. If we won't witness, it spells loss of reward, shame at his appearing. So my friend, I would say, believe it more strongly than you do what the doctors say besides get about five of those doctors up there and all five of them say something differently. Well, I believe this one. Well, I believe that one. I just want to believe the Bible. Yeah, take warnings. It's important to take warnings. I mean, uh, there was a reason they had lepers. There's a reason that they were supposed to quarantine themselves. 
They had leprosy. So they were quarantined. Now, I don't want to get into quarantines today, but I'm just saying is that get in the Word of God. If you're going to be quarantined, be quarantined in the Word. That's the best place to go. Now, again, don't fear that more than you fear God. Don't fear that more than you do the loss of reward, being saved so as by fire. Don't be satisfied with just why well, I didn't go to hell. That shows such a lack of love for God. Save so as by fire. So my hope in this series of messages is that we can form an accurate understanding of these torments of hell for those who die without Christ and that we'll have within us the love and the compassion. That compassion that I wished I had personally more of. And all God's people. That compassion for our fellow man to witness the gospel of Christ, of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, all to rescue us from the penalty, the wages of sin. Oh, may we learn to fear the loss of reward more than the rejection of man. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. That is actually true faith over fear. That's true faith over fear. You put your trust in the Lord, you shall be safe. We're not talking about COVID now. We're talking about what man can do. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Fear not him that can kill you, but rather fear him that can cast both body and soul into hell. That's the one you fear. And as Christians, we've got to have that vision of souls falling over the precipice of life into that eternal lake and knowing we are set here as a hope for them. But too many allow the fear of man to defeat them when it involves a personal witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want us to see an account from the scriptures, and we go, this is where we go to Luke chapter 16. But I want you to go to Luke chapter 16 and just see an account of a man in hell. Now, again, after hell, there's the eternal lake of fire. That will happen at the white throne judgment when uh, at the end of the ages, when Christ has already been here and reigned a thousand years after the rapture, the tribulation period, the millennial reign of Christ, and then there's the great white throne judgment of God. Everyone at the white throne judgment is without Christ. Every one of them, both those that were alive when this happens, but so many that are in that place called hell today, they'll be caught up before that white throne to be cast into the lake of fire.
having missed their opportunity to be saved. So we want to see this account here in Luke chapter 16 of where they are now without Christ, who died without Christ. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Now, because he is rich does not make him evil, by the way. Uh, it, it, it's, it's the fact that he is born a sinner just like every one of us. Every person that's been born into this world needed a Savior. Without that Savior, hell is our destiny. That rich man needed a Savior. Perhaps he never heard. More than likely, he had heard, but rejected it. Yes, all need to be saved. Verse 20 says, And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores. The idea of the sores there seems to be that they were so bad, they were like running sores. He could not care for himself. He was laid at the gate. Others laid him at the gate. And we'll see in the next verse that the dogs licked those sores. The word laid, he was laid at the gate, has the idea within it. He was just dropped down there. They probably carried him with blankets or whatever they carried him with and just dropped him there. Whoever took him. And so, you might say he was thrown down there. And so we go on, and he says in verse 21, And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, isn't it interesting that the beggar is named, but the rich man is not? And that's really important for us to understand. You see, in parables, if it's a parable, they did not use personal names. If a personal name was used, then it was more than a parable. It was actually a true story. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, without whom anything was made that was made, knew this story. This could have happened years earlier. This could have been somebody that maybe some of those people there knew. I don't know. But his name is not given but Lazarus is. So that the people will know that this is a truth. And so, the rich man remains unnamed. You say, well, why is that? I believe that he's unnamed because personal identities seem to be forgotten in hell. In Proverbs chapter six, uh, chapter 10, verse 7, it says, The memory of the just is blessed. Boy, we just had Brother Jerry Sheffield, Dr. Tony Salmeron. Those are blessed memories. And we could tell of others. You've lost spouses and, and, and the memories. Some have lost children and the memories are blessed. 
But that person in hell will be forgotten. Our eternity in heaven just would not be the same if we could remember the loved one that's in hell. We will remember them in this life. But in that life to come, they're not remembered. The memory of the just is blessed, but the <clears throat> name of the wicked shall rot. And that word rot <clears throat> would be brought up in another message from this passage. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, I've told you before that there are three compartments. When we look at the Old Testament, which is what happened under the Old Testament period, three compartments down there, we could even say four. First of all, there was Abraham's bosom. Paradise. Same thing. Secondly, there was a great gull. Thirdly, there was Hades, hell. And fourth, there was Tartarus. That was the place where the spirits, some of those spirits, that fallen angels, had been chained there from the fall of Noah, in Noah's day of those angels. I don't know why, the Bible does tell us why certain ones were put there ahead of time. Hades, those souls that died without Christ, they're in a fire. They're tormented. The great gulf, I don't know what that great gulf is, but people that want to go from Hades over to Abraham's bosom to paradise can't. And those that in paradise would want to go and help them can't. When Jesus Christ rose up from the dead, and I, I know I'll say more about this later in another sermon, but when he rose up from the dead, he took captivity, those in Abraham's bosom, captive. He took them up what is called the third heaven, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And there he is with the Lord. All of those that died in Christ are with the Lord. You've got to love Brother Jerry's up there with the Lord. Brother uh, Salmaron is up there with the Lord. And on we can name names of people that are there right now. Rejoicing in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we look to go to them. <clears throat> and I'll tell you what. But I know from the word of God. They don't want to come back here. They love it where they are. So here this guy is. He's laid right there. Lazarus is in paradise. He goes on to say, And the rich man died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus. Send Lazarus. That he may dip the tip of his finger in, in, in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now let me just add Lazarus did not go to heaven because he was poor or because he was sick and covered with sores. I believe that somewhere he plus, placed his trust in a coming Messiah who would pay the debt for his sin. 
because had he not, he would not have been in Abraham's bosom. He would not have been in paradise. He would have been in that same hell as the rich man. His earthly state did not determine if he would trust God. He would not forsake God. He would not treat God as his good luck charm. Maybe this will get me out of it all. He looked at God saving his soul. And so, Lazarus is there. The rich man is called Father Abraham. Verse 24, and have mercy upon me. Send the water, send him, to put his finger in water, but I'm wondering. Perhaps he can see, and it does say he can see, Lazarus. But can he see that he's clean of sores? Does his mind still remember the running sores on that man? Yet he's so tormented. Don't take me out of here. I want to go out of here. But he said, don't, don't let Lazarus go anywhere. Let him come instead and put his finger in water and touch my tongue. I'm so tormented. What would be the torment that a guy remembering someone with the running sores would put his finger in water and touch his tongue? Oh, there's that thirst, and there's no quenching of the thirst for his body. Yes, here's this man, the rich man. His body was carried to a tomb. Being rich, he was probably buried in a nice tomb. A grave anybody would be proud of in that day. But his spirit is obviously covered with a body in hell. Now look, people who died and went to hell, their bodies still were what was buried or cremated or whatever. They don't have the body they had on earth. But God puts them in a body that cannot cease to exist, but feels everything that this body can feel. Light a match, put my finger under on it, and it's going to burn. What can happen to a body there, here can happen there, except it will not cease to exist. And there will never, 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 never be an escape. Oh, what a torment. But that might not be the worst torment. The psychological suffering may be the greater terror torment. It's magnified by hopelessness. And we see it in verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. Likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted. Thou art tormented. <clears throat> and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from thence to you cannot. 
probably there are good men in Abraham's bosom in paradise there that want to rescue that rich man because they can hear him well from hell. But they cannot help him. They cannot cross that gulf. I believe the Apostle Paul experienced some of that. In Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, he says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Oh, Paul believed that there was a hell. And our text goes on to say, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Oh, they'll want to come out of hell and pass over there to where Abraham's bosom is. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. It's interesting that this unsaved man in hell, he remembers, and he loves his brothers. He loves his family left behind. There is a compassion he realizes that he doesn't want them to have to come to hell, this thing that he's in. Because he realizes, even if they came, they could not comfort him, and he could not comfort them. No one in hell will be able to comfort you. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. God wants us to use the precious holy word of God to bring Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. It was Jesus who would rise up from the dead after he had shed his blood on the cross, pen the penalty for every sin I ever have, for every sin you ever have committed or ever will commit. Jesus did that for us. But he must be received into your life as your Lord and Savior. And isn't that these next words, interesting in verse 30. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto him from the dead, they will repent. I've heard preachers say, Oh, repentance is not a part of salvation. Well, the hell, man in hell believed it was. He knew it was. And isn't it interesting that he had to get there before he knew? Let me ask you a question. Can you give a Bible reason that if you were to die today that you'd know you'd go to heaven? How can you witness to a lost soul if you don't even have a Bible reason that you know that you'd go to heaven if you died today? Yes, son, remember, 
Perhaps there were years of opportunity as we have today. And in that he says, son, remember. You know what I believe? I believe that he's saying this. Son, remember. And it comes back to his mind. Not now. Oh, no, I want to go on like I am now. Not now. I will later, but not now. Oh, he's just trying to scare us. That hellfire brimstone preacher, just trying to scare us. And he hears that. Son, remember. But it's too late. Too late. And he remembers. It was his own mind that plays the recording of the mind verbally of his rejection. Do you realize that could happen today? When we give an invitation, you say, I'm not going up there. I'm not going to do that. And it may be that recording that you hear in hell of your own mind. I'm here because I would not respond to the gospel. So let me close with verses 20 and 21 at the bottom of this chapter, chapter 9 of Revelation. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, there are other plagues besides just these in the first 11 verses. Yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. God is a person. He doesn't want an image made of him, an idol made of him. Jesus Christ is a person. He doesn't want an idol made of him. Probably only the devil and his fallen angels want idols made of them. But they can't see, hear, nor walk. And he goes on, verse 21 says, Neither repented they of their murders, oh, the abortion, of their sorceries. The idea from pharmacaea, that's a Greek word, is the idea of black magic with the use of drugs. Of their fornications, the Greek word pornea, from which we get our word pornography, is sexual sin of any kind, whatever. Nor of their thefts. He said, neither repented they. The Bible says, these people going to hell, they wouldn't repent. The rich man in hell said, oh, send somebody my brother. Send him to him. If he dies, Without Christ, he's going to come to this place. So how about you? Do you know by the word of God, if you die today, that heaven's your home? And as a Christian, ask yourself, do I believe the word of God? Well, if you're saved, you do, or you should. This is what the Bible says. This is just now scratching the surface of some of the torment of hell. That torment of hearing your mind rejecting Christ. That torment of fire. That torment of, of being so hot 
and wanting to be relieved by somebody just dipping their finger, even if it's a running sore finger, in water to touch your tongue. And not even that can happen. If we believe that, let's get some compassion for souls. We talk about America having revival. The churches have to have revival first. But first be sure you're saved. Let's bow our heads, please.